0: Pastors, Larry and Tiz, welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. I'm just calling this the life of a Christian, early beginnings, because you never know what you're going to get when you give your life to to Jesus. (laughs) I'm like, you do it, and then you go, okay, what do I do now? Okay, I'm saved. What does that mean? (laughs) And uh, sometimes it's like, oh, man, okay, I did that. They said this is what happens. I don't feel any different. I'm still doing the same old stuff. (laughs) And it's like, okay. But when Scott and I first gave our lives to Christ, we... Made a choice whether we were going to. We made a choice whether we realized it or not. There was things we had to do, and uh, most people come to the Lord blind to the fact that we have to change our lifestyles. Uh, the walk isn't going to be easy. We always think it is, but it's not. <laughs> the enemy and devil's going to work overtime to try to get you back to where you first came out of. And we're going on a journey, which you never think about. <laughs> I'm going on a journey? You mean I have to do something else? You mean I have to do more? <laughs> uh, and, uh, and the good thing is we don't always realize that Jesus is going to walk, walk with us. He's going to walk us through it. He's always going to be there for us no matter what it is we're going through. And sometimes when you first uh, make that choice, the devil just smacks you down. Everything is in an uproar, all chaotic. And you go, what just happened to my life? <laughs> it was good before I accepted Jesus. Now it's even worse. <laughs> and, and, some, and that's what he does to get us to try to go, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stop uh, doing what I'm doing because it was better. But we have to realize it's not better. It's never going to be better. It's gonna be better because we did invite Jesus into our life, amen? So I called it early beginnings because that's where we are. We're at the early stages of walking our life with the Lord. And, uh, And as a Christian, or a new Christian, and being a Christian that's been around for a while, we need to remind ourselves sometimes why we made that choice. And the steps that it took for us to get to where we are. Because sometimes we just get used to it. And we start, you know, okay, I gave my life to Christ, okay. And now um, I've been doing that for a long time. I've been born again for 20 years, 10 years. But we forget our first love. We forget uh, how to be appreciative and thankful that we did do that. And that Jesus does walk with us. And that we can talk to him, and our life has changed for the better. And if it hasn't changed for the better, you need to recalculate. (laughs) So when we start on the path, we need to remember how we got here, what made us change. And um, I don't have this in here, but the good thing is we think we did it. But the real thing is God called us. He called us out of the life that we're living to the place we're supposed to be in the beginning. <laughs> and I thought about that and I'm like, how did I get here? Cause we don't know. It just happens. All of a sudden, our spirit just goes, you need to do this. Or you hear something and it clicks and you know, cause God is calling us out and sometimes we ignore his calls while we're doing what we're doing. But you know, to just think about, okay, I pray for this person They're going to hell (laughs) if they don't change. (laughs) And people probably said that about me too. (laughs) But we have to remember and realize and just remind ourselves okay, I'm praying for them, but you know what? It's not me, my prayers, which my prayers help, but God is calling them. And when the time is right, their spirit will grab a hold and listen to God's spirit calling and make that choice. And sometimes we look out in the world today and it's like, God, these kids, these people, (laughs) and we pray for them, the people in our nation and our government, but it's like, God, they're all going to hell. They're going to get left behind. (laughs) But we pray for them and we always have to remember God's going to call them. And it's up to them to make the choice to say, okay, I'm going to accept Jesus in my heart. Or they're going to turn away and live their lifestyle like they were, just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at all those people there. Lot called them out. to uh, Abraham, called, come on, get your family out. But they had to make that choice. They had to listen to the Lord and make that choice. And so I have to remember, okay, How did we get here? How did I get here? God called me. And if we ever get that in our minds, that God called me, it's a whole lot easier to change and to decide, I'm going to walk this walk out than to just think, I made the choice on my own. Now what do I do? (laughs) Because it's a whole lot easier to think, God called me. He's going to help me go through these steps to get where I need to be. Amen? So, So it's like, what am I looking for? And we don't know what we're looking for. I mean, we go, okay, all these Christians. I remember when I first got saved, actually, before I got saved, I walk into church, and I'm like, these people are crazy. Because <laughs> I think they were, it was before church, and, and then people were early, <laughs> and they were in the sanctuary praying, and, uh, yeah, and the ushers were um, directing me to my seat, our seats, and we were trying to sit in the back. You know, and they say, oh, no, no, we have seats for you. I don't even know if they knew we were new, probably because of the way I was dressed. But <laughs> thank God He don't care how we're dressed when we come in. The spirit changes us, not people. <laughs> so they brought us in, and they took us all the way up to the second row. I know, I'm like... Oh. Yeah, right right but we didn't realize that and we were like what are they doing why are they taking us way up there and then the people in the seat they were praying in tongues walking back and forth I'm like, oh my god who what are they doing oh they're crazy <laughs> but they were praying in tongues and uh so we sat down away from them like this <laughs> but uh but god knew what he was doing and uh Thank God that he walked us in there and, and ex- let had us accept where the people were taking us because some people don't. I remember trying to seat people. We were doing something in church. We had the seats all roped off. They hopped over the rope. <laughs> and I'm like, hello, I'm taking you where you need to go. <laughs> and they hop over the rope anyway. And it's like, oh, you rebellious people. Thank you, Lord, that they're here in church. <laughs> And sometimes that's what we have to do, thank you, Lord, remind ourselves, thank you, Lord, they're here. They are here. You're going to change their heart, change that attitude, <laughs> and help them be able to be led where they need to go. Uh, you know. And then it's like, how do I move forward? And uh, one thing, even though we're already Christians, and I'm kind of directing this to new believers, but as Christians, we always need to remind ourselves, no matter how long we've been Christians, we always need to be moving forward. We should never stay where we are, stagnant, not trying to learn anything else. Because every time we read the word, we always get something new. And and at first I didn't believe that. So you read it? I mean, you read it? And it's like, I, I already read that? And then you go back and read it. And it's like, I didn't get that before. <laughs> it's like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for always being there and talking to us. And even though we think we didn't, That's God talking to us when we get the new thing. (laughs) He's taking us to another level in our faith when we don't even know we have faith yet when we first get saved. Because we're like, what's faith? (laughs) How do I get faith? You know, but God takes us inch by inch where we should go. And it's like, okay, I read that. Now I have something different. And still today, even doing this study, I'm reading the same stuff, But I get something new. And it's like, God, you're so good. You're so good because you give us what we need when we need it and give us a new perspective on what we've already read. So I always laugh when people say, I read the whole Bible front to back cover. (laughs) But did you get anything out of it? (laughs) It's not a book to just read. It's not a novel. (laughs) It's something you have to study out, which is why, my friend, I have so many Bibles. (laughs) That I go through all the different Bibles and find out what I want to go in the Humash, and we have all this stuff, and it's like, okay, so our table's stacked up with books, <laughs> which we need to clean off. <laughs> we all go through all of those questions, and we all have questions on how to be a Christian. What does a Christian do? How can I be a better Christian? How do I tell somebody else how to be a Christian? Because when we talk to people. That's what our goal is. I'm going to tell you how to be a Christian. And you can't. <laughs> and you can't. But you can tell them, this is what you need to do to start your walk <clears throat> with the Lord. And why is it when I get in here all the time, my, <laughs> my throat gets like it's dry and I can't even talk against horse. <laughs> Ah. So the first thing we need to do is ask ourselves, now what? Now, that I asked Jesus into my heart, what do I do now? I need to start reading the Bible, which at first, we don't know how to read the Bible. <laughs> so you bring it to, to church, and the person tells you where to go and tells you different things about the scriptures. And, then, and so you go back and reread the whole thing <laughs> if you take notes and you remembered it. Um, we need to start coming to church. And that's a big commitment when you first are new believers because you don't want to get up. You went once, maybe something happened that you didn't like, but we have to always make ourselves, make ourselves. Even now, people during COVID, they're resting at home. They don't want to get up anymore. They don't want to get dressed, which is like, you guys are lazy. (laughs) Even when I was home with COVID, I still got up and got dressed. (laughs) But some people just in their jammies all day. And it's like, you know, you do that and you don't want to do anything. You've gotten lazy. You've gotten used to being in a certain um, area in your life. You got used to being at home. And you think at home, you're relaxed. (laughs) But you know what? It's time to get back in the game because being a Christian is really a game. You have different places to go. (laughs) You get rewards for doing this, you you know, and different things like that. But it's like, and the devil comes to try to knock you down back 10 paces or five paces. And and so, oh, now you got to start all over again. Or you make, you do a different route. God takes you a different way. Or he gives you the unction and the words and the faith to just knock that devil over and keep moving the way you're going. Amen. (laughs) So we do that. I need, as a new Christian, you need to somehow find a friend. How many of us had to go through that? How do I find a friend? Me, I talk to everybody. So, (laughs) I just met somebody out there, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm talking to him, and I'm so animated. (laughs) So I'm telling him, Taurus down there, fit for life, and the sanctuary. (laughs) So I don't know why I do that but i think god just made me that way i can talk to anybody they can be homeless they can be anything and i'll talk to them my kids are like mom <laughs> i said i don't know god just this is how i am <laughs> but you make a friend somehow join a group of some sort life groups you know a lot of people don't know what are life groups and and they're afraid to go to people's houses or they're afraid somebody's gonna judge them but you know what That's why we have to get control of ourselves as Christians to not be their judge, you know, because God, we're all in disarray. We're all, we all came here. The church really is a hospital of broken hearts, you know, emotional people, drug addicts, (laughs) you know, whatever you can think of. Uh, They come here because they are looking for an answer and they come here so they cannot be judged or they won't be judged. They'll just be accepted into the love of the Lord. Okay, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be, love me. If, okay, you're Christian, so you're supposed to be acting this way towards me. And sometimes we don't, and God will tell us that. Hey, that was wrong. <laughs> you need to go love on that person or whatever. Or, you know, go to that person and, and uh, you know, ask them if they need prayer or go to that person and just welcome them with a big smile uh, as they come through the door. Because you don't know what people are gone through before they come through our doors. And uh, sometimes it's like me, I'm at the door and I'm hugging everybody coming in. So <laughs> I had this one guy go like this. I said, it's okay. <laughs> I just hugged him anyway. <laughs> and I held it longer. <laughs> I held it longer so they kind of relax a little bit. My sister was like that, I don't even know why, but she hated that, so I always hugged her and I held it until she kind of relaxed. (laughs) And I I do that, you can tell people that come through the door sometimes, they just need a hug. So I I like to do that. uh, See, I don't know what it is with this room. And where do I find all these things and all these answers? But by coming to church, meeting new people, making friends, and even being in a life group to um, help us walk through that walk. And I know some people um, aren't sure about life groups. You don't know what they're going to do. We used to have the life groups, and they were told what to teach, and sometimes people need that. But sometimes it's just like, God, lead them to do what they're doing and talk about what they need to talk to because of the different people. You never know where they are and what people need. So you ask God to give you what you need to teach or talk about because you don't really necessarily need to teach, but just be there to love on people. Amen? All these questions are relevant and real. And what comes next? The reality is now that you have learned everything over again, just like you were a newborn or fresh on a job, you have to relearn your whole life. And when you first get saved, that is what you're doing. You're making a lifestyle change, not just coming to church, not just inviting Jesus in our hearts. Now you gotta stop doing some of the stuff you're doing, pick up other stuff that you have no idea how to do, <laughs> and things like that. It's like going on a new job. Now, what do I need to learn? What do I need to know? Who's gonna help me get through it? And which is one reason why we started Fit for Life, equipping the saints. And actually, this class is really supposed to be for new Christians or for uh, people that learn about the church and what we believe in, who we are, and, um, and just getting people prepared to be a part of the family to serve. And uh, some people are, sometimes people just don't get that. When you become a Christian, you open your heart up to serve. <laughs> and, and it's hard sometimes because you're a new Christian, you don't know what to do you don't know how to where to go and then people are asking me to do something <laughs> i know i have to do something i have to help <laughs> but that's part of being a christian and even if it's not in church you should always have the heart of being a servant of helping other people around you because isn't that what jesus did everywhere he went he helped somebody do something he either uh got them on the right path. He helped them calm down. Watching the Chosen, he helped his disciples calm down and get their heads straight all the time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And he did it with a smile, and he did it with love. And sometimes I would have to go, why are you not getting this? And sometimes he probably feels like doing that to us. That's why God at the beginning... What, how long do I have to deal with you? I <laughs> said, so, I'm just going to send my son. He'll figure you out, help me, <laughs> love you more, do things for you than I know you need to do. And that's why pastor reminds us all the time, we're leaky vessels. You, we might be filled up, but we leak, and we have to be filled back up again. And new Christians, they are totally empty. We need, when we, that happens, we need to say, okay, they are totally empty. So we need to help them fill back up and God will help us and God will help them get full amen and so it's a big change for all of us how do I talk how do I walk how do I respond am I going to be what they call a Karen and fly off on everybody (laughs) am I going to just be a crazy person and just you know I'm going to tell you what I think (laughs) you know what what are you going to do you have to reevaluate your whole personality really on uh, how am I going to make that work in my life as a Christian now because God gives us our emotions he gives us you know our personality but we just have to remember all of God's characteristics are now in me I'm going to be happy if you're always if you were always depressed <laughs> and now I'm going to be happy I'm going to put a smile on my face if you're grumpy Now I'm just going to laugh all the time. Things are going to seem so much easier, so much lighter in my life. But, I mean, look how big of a change that is for some people to be like that. And then if you're introverted, oh, now i got to go out and say hi to people. (laughs) And then I'll find you and make you a greeter. (laughs) Force you to shake hands. No, (laughs) But sometimes people need that little nudge. And that's our jobs as Christians is to give them that little nudge, give them that love, say, so you can do it. God, he will equip you to do every single thing that he has for you to do. And we need to remind ourselves, we're going to a new job, and I don't know if I can do that job. God will equip you to be in the position you're in. And sometimes like, what am I going to do now? Like my daughter's an example She's been at this job. She came in as an admin one, which is basically making copies, <laughs> doing everybody running, everybody's you know doing everybody's little stuff that they don't want to do. And uh, since she's been there, she's been there. I think two years. She's already been promoted like three or four times. And uh, and she said, like, I don't know if I can do this job when she first got in there. You're copying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the job wants me to do and, and then and, and uh giving the receptionist a break how hard is that <laughs> but she's quiet she's kind of quiet so I say, got to help you in this job you can do it and she's uh you know she doesn't have to be told what to do so she goes ahead and does extra stuff if she can and she's always trying to learn more about her job because then in her mind she got well, I want to be able to be promoted because I'm not going to stay here and just do copies the whole my whole life and and all that. <laughs> and so she did, and now she's—I uh, forgot what they call her—but now she's uh, almost next to being a counselor. You know, and she never thought she could do that. And it's like God has already equipped you to do that job. You just have to believe that you can do it and make a little bit more effort to, you know, make yourself more presentable to whoever's watching you or whatever, and she did. And Well, that's what we have to do as Christians. God, I'm here. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> you gotta work me over, change me to be how you want me to be, and, uh, and he will, and he will. Somebody once asked me, is God tangible? And I thought about that, and I said, yes, God is tangible. And, but I thought, first I was like, why are you asking me something like that? <laughs> but I said, like, yes, God is tangible. So then I looked it up to see what the Jewish perspective was and then the dictionary. And, uh, and it said, um, tangible, to touch, capable of being touched or felt, having real substance. And when, you're, when you've been a Christian as long as we have, we already know that, but new Christians don't know that. And so, so how can I touch God? How can I feel God? You know, we all go through that stuff. God, I'm in this situation. Help me. <laughs> I need to know that you're hearing me. <laughs> I, need to, I need to see a sign. I need something to, you know, let me know that. But Jesus touched people all the time, but his power that he had did result in a physical healing for some people, actually for everybody. He healed them one way or another. It might not have been a sick healing. could have just been their mind, their heart. Um, but yet it was spiritual in nature. And we have to look at it as our thing needs to be spiritual in nature, uh, and it's up to us. Jesus, his touch superseded more physical contact. And isn't that what we want? We want to supersede the physical contact to reach God and... Um, in a spiritual well, a spiritual way where God's tangible presence accompanies authentic worship. Most of all, that's what it it encompasses. Yet, just like the relationship we have with our friends, our co-workers, or our family, the depth in which we experience God's tangibility solely depends on the level we invest in it. So if we want to hear more from God, we gotta dig deep. if we want him to answer our prayers and everything, we need to dig deep. We need to know how to pray. We need to know how to just talk to God. Prayer is just talking to God. Sometimes we put this prayer (laughs) sign over everything. It's like, how do I pray, God? But it's like, it's just talking to him. It's just talking to him just like I'm talking to you. And, you And he hears us. He knows each and every one of our voices. He knows what we need already. He just wants us to Depend on Him, so He can give us the answers, and that's what new Christians and and those that have been Christians for a while have to tap into. We have to tap into God's tangibility to know without a doubt that um, that we truly have committed ourselves to the Lord, and that and we want to feel His presence. Um, and when it comes to all that, I'm like, okay, God. But I put in the in the back uh, about prayer. Um, these I think they have these cards in the bookstore, but I made some copies in the back of the Abundant Life Prayer Guide because that's how you get started in prayer. Um, I think so that's why we, um, sometimes we can hear God's voice because we have God's tangible to us. We can feel his presence. We can hear his voice. Um, and for me, I know, I've experienced it. At first I was like, okay. I can hear God's voice. They said I can hear God's voice. I haven't heard God's voice <laughs> until something goes on. And uh, and then I found out, okay, God, I know this is you, because usually it's something you wouldn't tell yourself. And uh, I think I told you guys before one time, I was just so mad at Scott, and I'm on my way to work. We were arguing or something, and I'm just complaining. And God, that man, <laughs> change him. <laughs> You know, just arguing with God on my way to work, and all of a sudden this pops in my head. It wouldn't be an argument if you would keep your mouth shut. I'm like, Well, thank you very much. Because <laughs> I know good and well I wouldn't tell myself that. <laughs> and I know the devil's not going to tell you that either, right? <laughs> he wants to keep the argument going and everything, he wants me to stay mad all day, which how many people do that? Stay mad eight hours until you come back home, and all of a sudden now you're mad all over again. But I was like, okay, God, I know this is you, because I would not say that. (laughs) And isn't it funny how he can just stick it right in there? (laughs) And sometimes, like, I wasn't even trying. You know, they tell you, be still. And you can hear God, I wasn't. (laughs) I wasn't. And it wasn't a voice that just came out of nowhere. It was just in my mind. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I know that's not me. So that has to be you, God. (laughs) So I was like, thank you very much. (laughs) He probably just fell out laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Because you know the devil's not going to do that. And it's always something to benefit us. Whatever he's going to tell you, it's always something to benefit us and profit us. And so that's why we need to, okay. Now I heard this in my head. So was it me or was it God? Then you have to really think and go, nope. It was definitely God telling me that because I wouldn't think of it, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, okay, it's going to benefit me. Third of all, I would not tell myself that. And would the devil tell me something to make my, make me go to another level? No. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> so there's so much that we have to do as new Christians and um, and older with se- or seasonal Christians. We have to do the same thing. So I'm going to start... Uh, with these there are nine essential things that every new believer and Christian must and should know. Number one, the assurance of your salvation. First John 5:11 to 13 says, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is by means of his Son, Jesus. The one who has and the one who has a son has eternal life. The one who does not have the son, does not have eternal life. And so then it's like, okay, well, what is eternal life? That means if something happens to you and you die, you're not dead, your spirit does not die. You know, and that is the greatest thing that we could ever have. I'm giving my life to Jesus because I know when I do that, I have eternal life. So, you know, if something happens, I'm not fearful. I'm not afraid because I know where I'm going. And, you know, people go, oh, I don't know if my family member, my mom passed away, and everyone, the, nurse, the doctors looking at me like, you're not even crying. Well, I know where she is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I expected it. I knew it was happening, so I'm not going to fall all apart because I know I know where she is. If I didn't know where she is, that's why you see so many people just fall all out and everything and go nuts at funerals because they don't know. Um, Ephesians two nineteen says now therefore you are no more strangers hallelujah foreigners or aliens but fellow citizens with the saints and members or family members of the household of God and when we keep reminding ourselves of this it's like thank you God thank you so much Lord Jesus for letting me invite you into my heart and that you're going to stay there and help me through everything. We don't have to feel alone anymore. We don't have to walk this journey alone and we surely shouldn't take it for granted. So we need to be thankful for the, what Jesus actually did do for us. And when you look at those movies every Easter or you know, it's just like, God, thank you because there's no way I could do that for somebody else, no matter how much I Think I love him. <laughs> if it came to that, I don't I just couldn't. I, I just don't think that I could. So thank God that he gave Jesus the strength, empowered him, fortified him to do all of that just so we could be saved, so that we could be a part of his family. And number two, the character of God, knowing the character of God. John 4:24 says, God is spirit, and it is necessary for those who worship him to worship in spirit and in truth. And if you're not reading your Bible, and if you're not digging in there to say, who actually is God to me? And if you're not trying to change to be like Jesus, then you you, you can't possibly worship him in spirit and in truth, because you don't know the truth. (laughs) And God tells us what his character is, and it's what we, as Christians, followers of Jesus need to mimic or have become Make it a part of us. I'm going like, to be like Jesus. That's how we should be. We have to remind ourselves all the time. It's the fruit of the spirit. And he lays it out for us in Galatians 5, 22. Love, joy, peace, forgiveness, patience, kindness. And how kind are we to people? Sometimes it's hard, but you know we have to muster that up because it's in us. Uh, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and the biggest thing self-control and god put all of that in us when he made us and that's going to help us know who god is you have to get to know the character of god to understand why he does what he does for us uh and to truly know and to truly know his love when we can give that back out to somebody else that's love and it's like god If I can do that, your love is even more powerful than mine could ever be. More, touch deeper into somebody's heart and and soul more than mine could ever do. And so it's like, man, thank you, Lord, for that. And it's like, man, who is he and why does he love us so much? Because now we're a part of his family. We're family members of God his household, he's included us in. We're grafted into the Jew, our Jewish roots of faith, and, and we don't have to do anything else to be involved. We don't have to do anything else to be included in everything that God has for us because we're a family member. He's just going to give it to us. We just have to be ready to accept it. Amen? Number three, study and believe the Bible. We have to do that. Our salvation knowing the who God is understanding his character number 3 studying and believing the bible second timothy 16:17 says all scripture is god inspired and useful for teaching for reproof for restoration for training in righteousness so that the name so that the man of god will be able to meet all demands since he has been equipped perfectly for every good work. So no matter what comes our way, he has already given us everything we need to meet all demands, every single one. Whatever is demanded of us, whatever is asked of us, he's already giving us the equipment to deal with all of it perfectly, perfectly for every good work. And when we read this, it's like, I don't know, God. Am I going to believe your word or am I going to get in my head and say, I don't think I can do this? No, we're going to believe God's word. We're going to believe his report, not what's in our head because we're influenced by so much in the world that we sometimes get, it gets chaotic in our mind. Oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm going to do this. No, I'm not sure I'm going to do that. God's not like that. He gives us a specific thing and we need to do what he tells us to do. Amen. He has equipped us perfectly for every, not only work, but every good work. So we have to remember whatever we're doing is a good work. (laughs) Studying God's word builds our faith. That's how we get faith. You can't make it up on your own. (laughs) Excuse me. God's word, what he says, builds our faith. And then with the uh, Abundant Life Prayer Guide, it's helping us how we talk to God. It's giving us the names of what he does for us. So that helps us build our faith, too. So there's all different ways that we can tap into things that help us build our faith. <laughs> <clears throat> what we read and what we speak goes into our spirits which is why when we read the word, we need to speak the word, and then our spirit gets a hold of it. And the, our spirit hears everything that we say. Our body, our mind hears every, every inch of our body. hears everything we say. God made it that way. It's like a computer. What goes in, they'll give it back out. Amen? And it's connected to God. The more we study, the more we begin to believe. The more we read, the more we believe. The more we see happen in our lives, the more we believe. Our faith is increasing. Or you can be like Scott and I. When we got saved, invited Jesus into our hearts, we wanted to get every single thing that God said that He had for us. Because when we first got saved, we thought that's all it was until they said, oh no, now you need to have the Holy Spirit. Now you need to be able to pray in tongues. And we were like, what? There's something extra? <laughs> So, you know, we were all in. Just give us everything. Pour it on us, God, whatever you have. We want every single thing, all the promises, all the blessings. So we're going to do whatever we have to do to get it all because we're greedy. (laughs) We're greedy when it comes to God. We want every single thing that he has for us. And so we dove right in. When the doors opened, we were there. We were there early. We got involved uh, with Volunteering first—I I don't even know what we did. We we put chairs together. Scott was vacuuming floors. We—I uh, um, think I even was greeting people. Then I went to work in the children's ministry, being a two-year-old teacher, and and it was fun. I mean, Scott—you should see him. He was a big kid. The teachers were probably, oh my God, get this man out of here because he's crawling all on the floor. <laughs> You know, it's like, no, we have an order in this classroom. We have to bring the kids over here. <laughs> Cause he'd have them all over the place running around. And uh and that's just that's just his personality. He was having fun. So the teacher had to rein him in just like <laughs> just like you rein in the kids. <laughs> but we were ready. We were open to whatever God had for us. And you know, and he's done more than we could ever imagine. He can, he's done more than we could ever imagine. But that's studying and believing the word. Number four, learn how to pray. In Matthew, the disciples were asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. And he said to start with our Father. Don't pray to me. Pray to our Father. Even Jesus had to pray to our Father. He did it in the garden, which is so funny that people think, oh, no, I pray to Jesus Because even Jesus said, our Father, Father. (laughs) And how how many people get that confused? Um, And the Abundant Life card, and he tells us in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, and you must at no point be anxious for anything, but your requests must quickly be made known to God in every prayer. With thanksgiving. So we thank him before we see it happen. When we pray and ask him for something... Thank you, God. I believe it's already done. Um, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your thoughts and purposes on Jesus, our Messiah. And isn't that true? When you ask for something or pray for something and really believe that God's going to give it to you, um, especially if that's what we should be praying for, then you have a peace that comes over you and and you don't get anxious. Because, you know, you know what, God, I know that you're going to help me through this. I know you're going to answer my prayer. And uh, when we learn to pray, which isn't hard because it's just talking to God, <laughs> and I think sometimes God's like, Lydia, just calm down. Because <laughs> sometimes things are happening, you know, or have happened in my life, and I was yelling at God, God, you know. <laughs> and he's like, yep, Lydia, I know. <laughs> But, you know, I just had to get it all out. And then, you know, then he tells you, you know, something else. Like, I'm like, God, this happened to me. How could this happen to me? And he's like, well, you know, sometimes that's what happens. People. (laughs) People make things happen, even though it's not what you would like to happen. But you live with people, human beings, and things are going to (laughs) happen. And sometimes you have to remind yourself of that. Okay, they just did that to me, and I feel like smacking them. But God is with me, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to keep my composure. I'm going to smile. And I'm going to, you know, just give them a nice answer, <laughs> not a mean one. And uh, and I know God's going to work this thing out for me. And, you know, and he does. And he does. We had to learn to, pr- you know, and it's like praying. At first I thought I always used to stand there, people, and listen to them pray to try to, how do I pray stand next to somebody who knows how to pray <laughs> that will help you grab a hold of how to pray and go okay and the prayer card in the sheet in the back it gives you the a list of uh the names of God and what he does Jehovah Sikadu, the God of my righteousness my righteousness God keep me righteous <laughs> Thank you that I am righteous in your sight. Keep me in that position so that I don't go off in left field. And, you know, and that's just how you just talk to God like that. Um, And five, invite the Holy Spirit to come in your life. He's a gift from God. The Holy Spirit is a gift. I I like John 14 tells you all about the Holy Spirit. But Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, In him, Christ, you also who have heard the word of truth the glad tidings of the gospel of your salvation and have believed in and adhered to and relied on him were stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. And I thought, man, God put his stamp on us when we became his children. And I'm like, I love it. I am stamped by God. Nobody can change my mind. Nobody can uh, get me to move away from God because I'm stamped And if you don't know that, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's easy for you to just get swept away in doing other things. Amen. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. The first fruits, the pledge, and foretaste, the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it, To the pride, to the praise of his glory. Whatever we do now that we've been stamped with God's uh, name on us, you know what? It's all that we do is to his glory. The Holy Spirit is so awesome and wonderful. We all need to reread John chapter 14, and I do all the time to grasp all that he is and what he does for us. The Holy Spirit is forever, ever working on our behalf. He's always, always. Sending messages to us from God. Because I like that when a uh, uh, pastor does that ladder, the angels are going up and coming down with messages, and then the Holy Spirit gives us the messages from God. And, and the thing that got me with the Holy Spirit is even though I didn't know how to pray right then, or I, you know, the Holy Spirit gives us the perfect prayer, the perfect words we need to say when we don't know what to say in our own language. We can pray in the heavenly language. And it's the perfect thing that uh, we need to say to God and what God wants us to say, amen.